Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, June 10th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A gravestone dedication ceremony is set to honor the life and legacy of Sylvester Chavon, a star St. Louis baseball player. His descendants say it's long overdue. We were so grateful because those were some of the things that we had been talking about to begin to memorialize and honor our ancestors' lives. We'll have that story from St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson in just a few minutes. The war in Ukraine and gun control in the U.S. are two key issues for a St. Louis County businessman who was seeking the Democratic nomination for November's U.S. Senate election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on Spencer Toder's campaign for the soon-to-be-vacant seat. Toder is one of three major Democratic candidates running for the U.S. Senate. He backs continued U.S. support for Ukraine in defending itself against Russia and is in favor of restrictions on guns. Toder also said he wants to do away with the filibuster as a way to make sure abortion is legal in every state if Roe v.ersus Wade is overturned. When we have a 60-vote threshold to pass in the Senate, there is no chance that we have to make any change in this country. So when I am elected senator, I will vote to abolish the filibuster and we will codify Roe into law. Toder is one of 11 Democrats running for Senate, a field that includes Lucas Kuntz and Trudy Bush Valentine. Democrats will pick their senatorial nominee on August 2nd. I'm Jason Merzenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Toter made the comments on Politically Speaking. That episode is posted at stlpr.org. St. Louis City and County are pushing ahead with planning for a potential north-south Metrolink route. They have an agreement with Bi-State Development on an expanded corridor study. That includes a proposed alignment along Jefferson Avenue from Chippewa up to the new National Geospatial Agency West Headquarters. The proposal builds on a 2018 study. A final proposal could be presented this fall. The county is funding this study and managing it with the city and by state. Some food prices could increase even further because of problems with the wheat supply. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports. Russia's invasion cut off Ukrainian grain exports. And now a drought is choking out wheat harvests in Kansas and parts of Oklahoma and Nebraska. The supply crunch means shoppers may see slight price increases for things like bread and pasta, says Joseph Glauber with the International Food Policy Research Institute. As far as I know, people have been able to find grain. question is, how, how much are you willing to pay for it? And I think that, you know, for poor countries, that may be an issue. The strain will be felt even more acutely in places like Egypt and Yemen which rely on wheat imports from other countries. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Elizabeth Rembert. Some medical marijuana producers in Missouri have to surrender their licenses and destroy their cannabis inventories. The Post-Dispatch reports the actions are in a settlement with the state after being accused of violating the rules of the medical marijuana program. Three Perryville-based license holders reached this agreement. The state says regulators in some cases could not confirm that cannabis was properly tested. The newspaper also reports other allegations ranging from keeping medical marijuana in unsecured and unsanitary conditions to using pesticides without training. The licensees are not admitting to any wrongdoing as part of this settlement. The Pulitzer Arts Foundation is rehabilitating the remains of a historic St. Louis church that partially burned down decades ago. The foundation will preserve the Grand Center structure as an open-air site for gatherings and arts events. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. A 2001 fire destroyed much of the Gothic Revival-style church on North Spring Street. It was built in 1884. But the walls stayed intact, and though the spot was officially closed to the public, it became a neighborhood landmark and gathering space. Pulitzer Arts Foundation Executive Director Kara Stark says the project will make the site safe and accessible to the public, but preserve its ruined look as much as possible. We've unearthed a lot of material that's actually come from the site. So these stones right here were actually part of the original structures. And in many ways, we tried to preserve and keep that and have it be really a relic of the history of the site. The freshly revived Spring Church will open to the public in July. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. A star black baseball player from the 1880s in St. Louis is finally getting a headstone. Sylvester Siobhan's descendants and a baseball nonprofit are coming together Monday for a dedication ceremony. Robin Prouty is the founder of Descendants of the St. Louis University Enslaved, or DeSlu, and a direct descendant of Siobhan. Prouty spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about why Siobhan is being recognized all these years later and why he's an important part of St. Louis history. Sylvester Siobhan was born in 1860 to uh, Henrietta Mills and Charles F. Siobhan. Well, Henrietta was enslaved at St. Louis University and Charles F. Siobhan, his father, was enslaved to a local St. Louis woman named Amanda Curtis. But Sylvester, he was a star player on the early, one of the country's first baseball clubs called the St. Louis Black Stockings. He played in 1883 to 1886, and he became the team captain in 1885. And now Sylvester's getting a headstone donated by the Negro Leagues Baseball Grave Marker Project during a dedication ceremony at Calvary Cemetery on Monday. How did that happen, and why is he being recognized all these years later? The nonprofit founder, Jeremy Kroc, had reached out because they're a baseball nonprofit. What they do is look for Black baseball players to honor them with a headstone. So they contacted us and we were so grateful because those were some of the things that we had been talking about to begin to memorialize and honor our ancestors' lives. Now, Monday ceremony is not just about a headstone dedication. Your organization, Descendants of St. Louis University Enslaved, or DeSlu, are launching its website. How did DeSlu come about? Once we got contacted by the Society of Jesus, we were like, oh, my God. And we found out that there are other three known family groups that they had located in St. Louis and come to find out we are all related as well. So we decided to come together to organize so that we can find and locate our families. And we want to have a place here in the Midwest Southern region to bring everybody together so that we can heal together. What does your organization hope to achieve? We hope to educate the public on this history. We hope to do that by the descendant voices. We feel it's important that we tell our stories from our perspective. So those are the goals. Also, we hope to um, St. Louis University to recognize us and to acknowledge us. And we hope that moving forward, they will work with us to heal 
and to reconcile what has been done. Now, when you say heal, what exactly does that look like to you? The degradation, excuse me, of our family, the tearing apart our families, that psychological toll that it took on us, we see the remnants of that today. So when I say heal, we need to collaborate with those who caused this problem with our family uh, lineage and begin to help us holistically heal. Yes, acknowledgement. Uh, We are thankful that they have acknowledged that this has been done. Uh, But we also want to move past the symbolic gestures and go into the reconciliation part that they have spoke about. And we agree with. Does that also mean a financial component to it? We talk about this often, and everybody has different opinions on what that looked like. But we definitely agree that a financial compensation is important so that we can pay for programs, so we can pay for our health care, so we can pay for the um, mental health care and education and economic empowerment initiatives that the SLU is uh, going to bring about. That was Robin Prouty, the founder of Descendants of the St. Louis University Enslaved, speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson. Shula Newman edited that report. She's also the boss of the newsroom, otherwise known as the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.